Welcome back to Ravens Recap. Coming up, we have a game on a short week going into Pittsburgh, which is always a game that Ravens fans have circled on the calendar. And just like back on 2013, this game is going to be on Thanksgiving night. We hope it's a very happy Thanksgiving for you and your families. And we hope that the Thanksgiving can be even better by the Ravens getting back on the winning track with a very tough matchup against the 10-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. So as we all know, a couple weeks ago, Ravens came off the bye week, had Pittsburgh at home in Baltimore, got off to a big lead, but we were not able to hold on, and Pittsburgh did get the victory. But things are going to be a little different this time, and unfortunately, we got to start off looking at this game preview with a reoccurrence of the COVID corner. Yeah, so this was another classic saga today. News broke out that the Ravens were in the protocol because of COVID cases. And then around two or three, I believe more on the two side of things, we got word that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins both have tested positive for COVID and they will be out for this game, meaning it's going to be the Gus Bus and Hill show. And then uh, we also found out a little bit later that Brandon Williams, who was questionable to return for this game, is now on the COVID list. But I was already kind of on the fence if he was going to play anyways. Very short week. Difficult to say if he can't play last week, if he could play in, in just a couple of days' time. Yeah, you just have to wonder what's up with what's up with Brandon. I mean, this is the second time he's, he's been on the list. Hoping he's uh, taking all the protocols seriously and, and all that and just you know having a... <laughs> having a bout of a little bit unlucky i guess just being in, in close contact with some other uh, people who aren't taking protocol as seriously as he is but uh but yeah i hope he comes back and you know uh hopefully everything's okay and uh we're hoping that his ankle heals up soon so uh he could be out there playing with the rest of the defense yeah knowing what we know about covid it's really difficult to even do testing and you know keep it out of the the locker room uh you're going to come up negative for many tests in a row You'll be able to spread it for about two days before you pop as a positive. So the best they can do is just mitigate. But yeah, I just I just hope they all are better about wearing masks and staying away from each other and keeping ventilation going and all that good stuff. All, all tips that are useful for your Thanksgiving gatherings if you're doing them. Uh, <laughs> ventilation, masks, distance, please and thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like... Uh, it's it's super frustrating. This season has been it's been disappointing from a play perspective, but also just so challenging from a COVID perspective. Um, it looks like they've given up on pushing games anymore because of COVID. They're just like the show must go on. But uh, yeah, so we'll see we'll see how these impact the Ravens. I think the least of our concerns are really the running backs. Uh, obviously, losing Ingram and Dobbins is a huge blow, but we've seen the Gus Bus and Hill lead the running before. Like this happened last year. This is not new. So we know that they can take it at least for a game. And it's going to be a hard battle against the Steelers. They have a great run defense, even though we had success last week or um, last time we played them. Yeah. And when it happened last year, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So 130 yards for Gus Bus on 21 carries in week 17 last year. And then this year, both him and Dobbins had good games. 87 yards for, for Gus and a touchdown, 5.4 yards per carry. So this is not a spot that I think that's going to be too big for him. I think he 
is always ready to step in and be and take a the lion's share of the carries when the Ravens call his number. It will be interesting to see what the game plan is this game because the Ravens did have success on the offense against Pittsburgh last time, but the turnovers really killed them. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens can do differently to throw the Steelers off the scent of what they want to do on offense when the Steelers had such a great knowledge of what the Ravens were going to do the first time around. Yeah, definitely looking for, you know, Greg Roman and and the uh, the offense to be able to come up with a good scheme, good game plan. You know, what you just said Peter, to continue the success that they had against the them last time and and cut down on some of their own mistakes this week. It's definitely going to be tough. I mean, only a couple of days before this Thanksgiving night game, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just going to fall to the players and and have those guys be dialed in and, and really ready to go. I think that's going to be the biggest difference between uh, this game coming up and, and the game uh, that just happened. The only other thing I was going to say, you know, I have full confidence in, in Gus to be able to carry the load uh, with this, but uh, we'll definitely see how Justice Hill does. I mean, you know, since he's been the fourth running back and, and since we've we talked for a f- pretty much all season now about how this three running back uh, committee is, is kind of confusing, uh, we really haven't got to see too many looks with Justice Hill and, and how he's doing outside of uh, special teams and a few uh, a few plays that he's been in on. So uh, I, I'm hoping that, you know, he will be ready to uh, take the mantle because I, I think that's going to be the biggest weakness at this point is that Dobbins has really been uh, – doing very well in in the run game recently and uh you know you, you just hope that it's not too far of a step down between him and justice hill but i guess we'll find out thursday it's another excuse for the ravens to try to change up the offense not run as much on first down and uh you know i thought that losing Boyle for the year would be enough to maybe knock him out of these ways and and try something new and maybe this uh this outbreak will allow them to experiment and hopefully find some positives I do want to bring up some good news, some returns. Uh, it looks like Tyra Phillips is going to be returning. Keen to see if he, he takes the right guard position or plays right tackle or what happens with him. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye out and pay attention to his play. I think that Ben Powers showed a lot, and uh, it seems like they may have a log jam at this guard position to try to find uh, got many suitors. You know, when Skur's playing well, McCarry can play there pretty competently uh we're just missing a tackle <laughs> you know so i mean maybe that's the solution right maybe tire goes to tackle they bring scar back with some confidence and uh and move the carry out the tackle or um i think i, I said that tackle twice no i i think you're right yeah so tire at guard and, and mccarry at tackle and, and scur maybe at center yeah god that would be such an interesting line right because tire is so much larger than mccarry <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, oh, well, that was the other thing. It's like, you know, Tyre could, I mean, he played tackle in college. Maybe that he tries it. I know we had concern about his quickness, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Let's have Fluker and him duel out for quickness. It might not be that big of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would love to see uh, Powers get more of a look. I've really liked what I've seen from him over the past two weeks. Again, I'm not an offensive line expert, but uh, he's done a very good job in the run game from my perspective and hasn't killed the Ravens in the past. And we can't really say the same about the right tackle position. That's been a lot spottier, whether it's been uh, Fluker or I, I I forget the other guy's name, number 66 already who, who stepped in last week. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if I were the Ravens, I would put Phillips at right tackle for this game. And if just for some reason it's not working with, with Powers and he, he's playing worse than what we've seen the past couple of weeks, maybe you try and, and shift it. But I think right now right tackle is the position more in need of a quick fix. I think one thing I wanted to talk about with this game is how when we talked about this game last time, we said the Ravens beat themselves. Now we're acting like they're not going to win this game. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the things that changed now or is that a good like end of a uh, end of show thing? I think we could talk about it now. I wouldn't say I'm going into this thinking that the Ravens are going to lose it. I would say personally for myself, I'm going into this saying I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like I 100% agree the Ravens have kind of beat themselves over the past couple of weeks, but at the same time, like, you know, the Steelers have been, have, are 10-0 this year. Like, they're undefeated, and while we can argue whether or not they're really as good as their record, they're still a very good team, most certainly a top three team in the AFC right now. I think they're up there with Kansas City and Buffalo as the cream of the crop right now. And the Ravens got to show a little bit more to show that they belong there, but... At the same time, yeah, the Ravens had a lot of success in that game, and it was just some some unfortunate interceptions by Lamar and some bad breaks on defense in the second half of that game that caused the Steelers to eke out a win. So there's some players the Ravens won't have this game that could have a difference, but yeah, I, th- I think Ravens certainly have a good chance to win this game if they're have a strong mental approach to it. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, the Ravens have got to figure out the formula on the O-line. I think that's a, a huge uh, area where, you know, if, if those guys perform well against the uh, Pittsburgh front, that could be an absolute game changer uh, for the Ravens. I think it will open up the run game. Uh, it'll make some of the passing game a little bit better. You know, whatever they have to do to figure out which pieces that they need to be able to match up against their guys, we got to figure that out. That got to happen quick. Uh, I can't remember, you know, it was, uh, I guess Fluker was still starting at right tackle uh, during the last Steelers game, correct? That's when uh, Stanley got hurt. So it started off with... uh, That's right. So it started off with Stanley and Brown, and then Brown moved over and Fluker came in. So Fluker had a pretty good game against them. That's right. Yeah, he did have a good performance. Yeah, I wonder, um, you know, obviously, you know, the the coaches have decided that, you know, they wanted... uh, Holden and, and McCarry to try a little bit at right tackle because it seemed like Fluker wasn't the answer. But you hope that, you know, if he had some success in that game, you know, maybe he might be able to recreate that. I don't know if it was a particular matchup or maybe he was just playing really well that day. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly, <laughs> certainly whoever you have at that right tackle spot, you definitely want them to, to be ready for it because they're going to have to go up one of the best in the league right now, TJ Watt, and probably help out with like Cam Hayward and things like that. So, it cannot be understated that O-line play is, is going to be absolutely huge for the Ravens to be able to do what they want to do well, with just, you know, so many other problems that they have and, and you know, having two running backs out and having the receiver issues that they've been having recently. I think when we look at the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens, I think number one key to the Ravens having success in this game is for them to repeat the success they had with this this big passing attack that the Steelers have. You know, they've got... A lot of players on the offensive side of the ball, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson in particular. And Juju Smith-Schuster is having had a slow start to the year, but he's picked up as of late. And Eric Ebron's getting in there for some plays as well. But in that first meeting, 
the leading receiver for the Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, had 67 yards receiving. They kept every one of the rest of those guys to under 50 yards receiving. Deontay Johnson only had one catch for six yards, which tied for same amount of performance that Ray Ray McLeod had in that game, who I don't even know who the heck that is. I don't even remember that catch that he made. Never heard of the guy. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, this Steelers offense has been doing a lot better than we thought they would going into the season. And the Ravens defense had a lot of success there. And it's going to be hard for them to do that again. But if they can, and they can cut down on the turnovers, that's going to be a good recipe for them on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, my number one matchup to watch from a defense perspective for the Ravens is how do we respond to them going four wide? That was their kind of solution. Uh, They went four wide receiver sets. They exposed our dime cornerback, and they were able to go down the field and score and come back in that game. The Ravens look different than they did then. Uh, We've had more injuries since that game. They brought in Draymond Williams uh, last week, and you know, he played a little bit this game. And then actually they just signed today, Pierre uh, Desir. And uh, that was an interesting signing because he was a scapegoat for many games and uh, got cut by the Jets. Yeah, I think that signing is particularly funny because we always ragged on the Jets for being the Ravens North. But now the tables have turned. Picked up Desir off, <laughs> off waivers. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if Desir is going to be a, a guy who's who's going to be starting. I mean, certainly, you hope he's not going to be starting because that would mean we'd have more injuries to the position. But I, it definitely seems like a depth move. Um, the only benefit I think is that he has been around the league for a while, so you know he has some experience and you know has hopefully seen a bunch of playbooks. I mean, he's been around. This is his sixth team, so he's been around a lot. Most recent with the Jets, but before that, he was with the Colts for a few years. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll definitely see how he fits in. Um, may have some snaps on on special teams, uh, maybe a few snaps on defense here or there. I think on the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens, it's going to be. I feel like we're we're going to have to dust off this question again that we keep asking over the past three weeks: Is this going to be the game that Marquise Brown breaks out again? Because we thought he had a really favorable matchup in this first game and we're very surprised when the Ravens really only had gave him two targets in the end zone and that was it. But I know we talked about it ad nauseum in the previous episode, but this could be a spot where we're able to see Brown get some confidence back and Lamar and him get back to having some of the chemistry that they had last season. I mean, sadly at this point, you know, I mean, it's got to happen, right? I mean, I I don't think Marquise is going to be benched. He's definitely going through a slump. But uh, then again, there's there's not really anybody behind him who is really clamoring for the spot. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to continue to try and feed them the ball. I, I think the only difference I would say with this game is that you know maybe you try and be careful with the shot with the shots you take, right? Because you know as last game happened, uh, the Ravens shot, shot themselves in the foot with turnovers. And, you know, Lamar, from from taking a few more deep shots and, and trying to get some other guys involved, has forced a few interceptions in the past few games, not just against the Steelers, but against the, the Titans and the Patriots. Both those games featured an interception where he tried to throw a, a ball deep and it was picked off. And so, you know, you might be able to take that once, maybe get an interception out of it, but, you know, I wouldn't, 
I, I wouldn't try and force it too much because we know the Steelers are opt- opportunistic and last time we faced them, they were kind of playing, uh, beating the Ravens at their own game, right? I mean, the Ravens have done such a good job over the season of forcing turnovers on defense and the Steelers just you know took that and threw that right back into our face. Marquis certainly, he can't get any worse than what he did last week. I mean, zero catches, uh, you know, it's just zero yards. It's, it's not a good stat line. I guess the only way that you could get worse is if you were like Brashad Perriman and like forced interceptions or something like off your hands. Like, I guess that could be worse, but he's only got anywhere to go but up is what I'm saying. Pretty much so. I'll say uh, it's a student observation. I don't know if I would say... I am expecting the breakout, but I am calling for the breakout. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I will say that I think he's going to break out. I don't know if I truly expect that he will. <laughs> gotcha. So we're so we're putting you down right now, Alec, for your third we'll get, bold we'll, prediction. We'll go to my bold predictions. Third time's a charm. Okay, is a is a thing I might be thinking about right now, but I, <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm going to do the same one I've done the last two times if I do it. Oh, that's fair. I've, that's I've, way I've too been, bold. I've been, I've been thinking yeah. about it a lot. That would be like double or nothing. That would that'd be even better. Double or nothing. That'd be like if I get this, then like you win like all the bull predictions this season. <laughs> that's too much. That's um, too bold. Yeah. So I mean, we'll get there. We're not there yet, but I, I think this is a game. And look, it's not just Marquise. We got to talk about the other guys. I mean, it'd be nice if uh, you know Boykin steps up. If D- Duvernay steps up, heck. We didn't talk about it last game, but the one time they called him Prochet on a third down play, he runs a gorgeous route, totally fools the cornerback, and that was a that was a first down, you know, on third down, great great route. So you know Prochet, you know anyone at this point, we need a spark. Uh, I I think Sneed's proven it. I think Sneed's good. Thumbs up to Sneed. So we're looking at everyone else at this point. I'm not going to mention Des Bryant. <laughs> no, we're oh, we're man. saving him for the next Thursday night game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Revenge. Oh, that's right. We got brain. revenge game. The revenge game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Revenge game. <laughs> Dial them up in your DFS that's... lineups. Oh yeah, calling it right now. Two <laughs> weeks early. Just <laughs> gonna get eleven yards in that game. Ah, <laughs> snap. Oh man. Yeah, I will. I will say that the, for the record, I did not say. I did not say that I necessarily expect Hollywood to break out, but said that this is another good spot for him. Just like last week was a, another good spot for him, but. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's totally it's totally up to him, man. I mean we talked about it ad nauseum last episode. And like you know these are good matchups. You know you should be able to take advantage of them. As a Raven Steelers game, like look, man, legends are, are born out of these games. Uh, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, uh, Torrey Smith, Joe Flacco. Like these guys stepped up in big ways against games with the Steelers. And uh, you know if you want to be known as one of the great Ravens, like you got to have good performances against the Steelers. That's just, you know, that's just one of those, one of those games that you're always going to remember. And uh, especially games at Pittsburgh. Right. Let me know this. Marquise has a breakout game. We decide to maybe let back the moniker. Is it enough? Is this game, if he has a really good dominant, like looks like a one performance, is this enough for you to say he's back? He's got it. I have confidence in him going forward, or you're just like, I want to see it more times. I would say yes for this reason. Well, for two reasons. Number one, it would be against Pittsburgh. And number two, this is essentially a playoff game for the Ravens. If they want to go to the postseason and not just be one and done like they have the, the last two times they've been there, they got to prove they can beat playoff caliber talent. 
Maybe they already did that this year against Indianapolis, but that's just one game. You've lost to Tennessee, you've lost to Pittsburgh in the first meeting, and you lost to Kansas City. I would say, yeah, if if he does it in this game, I think that would give him a huge confidence boost, not just him, but also Lamar's confidence in him that he is back. And I think there's a there would be a pretty big carryover effect if he's able to do it. I mean, for sure. Uh, and also, the only other thing I'd say is like, look, it, it, it doesn't really matter if I have confidence in him. Like, I'm just a fan. <laughs> like, it, it, he doesn't care at all what the heck I think, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the at the end of the day, look, it's about, you know, what Peter just said. It's Lamar's confidence in, in Marquise, right? He needs to have confidence in him that he can give him the ball and he's going to make a play and, uh, and he's going to continue to come back to him. And so, yeah, if, if he shows up in a big way against the Steelers, I think that's going to be huge from a confidence with Lamar. And I think that absolutely could carry over in uh, the next couple of games. Well, Lamar won in Marquise. And that's what he's got now. So I, I'm thinking that they're, they've got all the incentive to make it work. The other thing I'm going to look for, you know, we, we talked about on the top, Brandon Williams won't be able to play. I mean, maybe Calais will be able to come back. That'd be huge for the defense. I'm looking for better defensive line play in general. We said that Derek Wolf had a pretty heroic game. I'm more so looking at that interior. After Williams steps down, I'm looking at Matabuke, Washington, Ellis. I want one of them, probably the two young guys, to step up, get a push. I know last week I called for Matabuke to have a sack. Or maybe I called for Harrison to have an interception. That was two weeks ago with Matabuke. But nevertheless, like I'm still I'm still, you know, hoping for that kind of big game for Matabuke. What do you guys think? Are you going to be paying close attention to the defensive line this game? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be paying close attention to all. Uh, <laughs> I kind of realized after I said that, I was like, we pay attention to close all the sides. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this is an easier task for the, the Ravens defensive line than it was last week. You got James Conner this time, who is performing better than at least I thought he was going to coming into this season. But he's Ravens are able to hold him only 3.1 yards per carry last game. 47 yards they held him pretty much in check and the Steelers rushing attack actually has not been as good as it was early in the season I'm pretty sure they have some some injuries on the offensive line and I did skim over an article written by a Steelers fan who's kind of doing a little bit of a of a film study into why the Steelers are having issues there and you know he, he was showing how early in the season when they had better health on the interior line how they were able to run some plays and get some positive yardage on some plays and for big yardage that right now just aren't working for them because they're a bit dinged up there so I think it's an area where the Ravens should be able to repeat the success that they had in the last game but again if Campbell can play that's going to help that a lot better Look, I mean, uh, I think the the difference in this game is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I'll admit I didn't think that he was going to make it through this season. I was probably hoping a little bit too much that his elbow injury was going to probably like resurface or, you know, he was going to have some other issue because he always does. But unfortunately, he's kind of having like a classic Ben Roethlisberger season where he has, you know, he's dinged up throughout the whole year, but he still powers through everything and, you know, continues to throw touchdowns and win, win big games. But, you know, honestly, for me, man, it's, uh, it's outside linebackers and, and just pressure in general. Like, look, you know, we know a lot of the guys that we have on the D-line. Like, they're there to, to stuff the run. That's why we got them. They got them to bottle up Derrick Henry. And, uh, you know, but look, we didn't really upgrade too much on, on some of the outside linebackers. And 
You know, Ngakwe and, and Judon, uh, you know, they've been okay in terms of pressure and, and QB hits, but they haven't really been getting to the quarterback a whole lot. I'd really just like for them to kind of have a, a standout game and be like, look, you know, you got to bring them down. You got to force more incompletions. You got to, you know, put more pressure on them so that our guys on the back end can do what they do best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I feel like in recent weeks, we just, you know, maybe put a little bit too much on our corners. And because of the depth issues, like some of those guys just get gassed in, in late in games. So any extra juice that we can have from those guys would be crucial, especially when, you know, again, we're going to be tested too with our corner depth. Fortunately, I think we have probably a few more guys than we did the first game, but still, you know, it's it's uh, not as much depth as we would like at cornerback, and, and we know how much they like it to run out of three and four sets. So any extra juice that we can get from them would be uh, would be appreciated. Yeah, that's a good point, Chris. Um we, we only glossed over Ngakwe in the Titans recap, but I think something that, that I, I wanted to talk about in that episode, but gosh, we talked about so much there that <laughs> there wasn't time for it, was I, while we've definitely talked about some ways that Ngakwe's had some plays that have had a hype impact in certain games that didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, I, th- I think right now when you're looking at that trade comp- and his impact that he's had right now compared to the impact Marcus Peters had in his first four games for the Ravens last year, it's quite clear that, that Nguacle is not living up to that expectation that we put on him when the Ravens made that move. And agree, the, a, a beat-up secondary's best friend is a consistent pass rush. It doesn't necessarily have to come from Ngakwe, but if it does, that's that's even better, you know. If this pass rush can have a good game against a Steelers offensive line that's that's only let Ben Roethlisberger get sacked 10 times this season, that's going to make things a, a lot easier on that side of the field for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I, I was thinking about that as well. Of like, you know, he's he's been good, but it's also something where it's like, look, this offseason, we were really looking for somebody who was going to be better than Judon, right? I mean, I know a lot of Ravens fans are like, look, we're not going to pay Judon the money because he's no Terrell Suggs, right? He's 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 not a pass rusher. And, and you know, I, I know we talked at length of like, look, that's not exactly his skill set. Like, Judon's skill set is that he can blitz, he can cover, he can do a lot of things uh, to open up additional blitzing opportunities for other players. And that is valuable. It's a valuable skill for sure. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, one of the things when we talked about that a lot in the offseason is that Ngakwe was going to be available like the Jaguars were going to trade him and the Ravens seemed very interested in bringing him in and I think a lot of fans when we talked about that we were like look you know we want to bring him in because we think he's a clear upgrade over Judon and you know I'm not saying he is I'm saying he isn't right now but I think you know when you talk about that I think one of the things that you'd kind of have is like an expectation of like look you know if you wanted somebody better than Judon then he'd probably have like better stats, right? He'd get more sacks. And yeah, you're right. I don't think we've seen that so far. Um, he's gotten pressure, and he did get his first sack last week. Uh, again, noted two weeks in a row. We, uh, that was my bold prediction for last week, so want to make sure that that's on there. But, you know, he hasn't been as dominant as I, I think a lot of us would have hoped. And, and so, yeah, definitely hope that he starts to bring some things together. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Like I said, man, big players show up in big games, and Pittsburgh Steelers game is a big game. So, you hope to see it. Yeah, I really like that mentality, Chris. So, I think uh, it might be time to go into our bold predictions to kind of talk about who we think these big players might be. Whew. This is a tough game. This is, 
This is such a tough game to predict what's going to happen just with, man. <sighs> you know what? This is, this is going to be really bold. This is going to be really bold and <laughs> kind of bonkers if it happens. But, you know, this season is getting starting to get weird. I'm going to say that <laughs> we're going to have a very unexpected reception touchdown from a Raven, and Luke Wilson gets his first touchdown as a Raven. <laughs> That's going to be my bold <laughs> prediction. Oh, man. <laughs> Because I don't know what the heck's going to happen on th- on Thursday night, so I'm just going to throw that out there, and we'll see if that that's what goes. <laughs> 82 to the end zone. He gets it. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny, right? We just had Aiden Hurst last year, 81, and like he's got these like amazing locks, and then we end up getting Luke Wilson, who's you know maybe not as amazing hair, but it's still like very uh, very noticeable from a tight end. You're like, wow, like those guys who play tight end usually don't have hair like that. But... uh <laughs> Man, he's got a majestic uh, mane of hair right there. You'll love to see it, man. We got we got to get a good nickname for him if he uh, ends up making that touchdown. I wouldn't hold. I wouldn't uh, put too much thought into that, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Look, man. Uh, I think you got to lean on some of your best players, and and right now, I think um, one of the best ones on the field that's going to be on Sunday is going to be Gus Edwards. Um, I think he's going to end up with. Uh, I'll say he ends up with over a hundred yards rushing. Gus Bus one hundred plus. Oh, I like that. That's a good. That's a good slogan. <laughs> that's way better. I'm gonna write that down. That's gonna be my. That's gonna be what it is. <laughs> Gus Bus a hundred plus. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. <laughs> Man, you and Correspondent K Fish are just like you guys have got such a way with words. Sometimes <laughs> it's a gift. I'm just not eloquent enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna go back to the well. I'm not gonna say two touchdowns for. Marquise, but I'm going to say he has seven or more receptions, which I think would be a, a true number one day for him. That would be very good. I think that did, uh, I guess Mark Andrews probably, and I don't know if he had seven receptions, but he definitely led the team last week against the Titans. I think he had f- five. It was less than you would think. He had a lot of big, big gains. Right. Yeah, five catches for 96. 19.2 yards per, per catch. That's huge for a tight end. I think this is a really difficult score prediction for me. I made uh, Ravens recap history last week calling for their loss, and I hated being right about that. It was really nice enjoying a two-possession lead for a bit there. I was really having. I was having some of the most fun I had watching the Ravens all season at that moment. I'm going to say that they win this game to go back to my old roots and to have something to be thankful for. There's that glimmer of hope that on this Thanksgiving, we can be happy. I remember the Christmas game a couple years ago against the Steelers. wasn't so hot. Knocked us out of the playoffs. Man, it's very sad. So I'm going to hope for the different outcome this game. I'm going to say Ravens win 24-21. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. It's a tough one to pick because of the short week. It's tough to pick because the Ravens weren't in the practice facility today, from my understanding. Uh, you'd love to have Dobbins in this game, uh, although, like we said, Gus, Gus the Bus has certainly had some excellent games against the Steelers. I'm going to say this game goes into overtime again, so we're going to have back-to-back overtime games. Uh, what the hell? I'll, I'll say the Ravens win 27-24, to 24, slightly what Alex said, but I will say the one thing that gives me hope the Ravens can do this, like we said, the Ravens had a great shot to win that game last time. And the Ravens are, are can come in there, and they can be the hungrier team. This is a must-win game for the Ravens. Steelers lose this game. They're still 
a virtual lock for the AFC North and the number one seed. So I'm going to say that the team that should be the hungrier team, and hopefully the Ravens do end up being that in this game, can eke it out. Uh, yeah, look, look, guys. I mean, I, I, I'm, feel, I'm feeling the optimism. I, I think what Alex said is right. Look, look, man, I, I'm looking to be thankful for something this year. Uh, my health, I think, is one of them. And, you know, having my family all around, having my friends, loved ones, uh, most of them all still good. I'm thankful for that. I would be really thankful, too, with the Ravens win. And, uh, you know, look, if the Ravens don't win this one, it's not the end of the world. But, like, look, it, it makes things a lot more difficult. And I think at that point, moving forward, it's going to be a lot harder to trust the Ravens. Knowing all that, I I really hope that these guys have the heart and, and be able to pull this one out. Uh, obviously, they have the heart. like They want to win every single game. But I really hope that they can finally put everything that they need to together, cut down on all the mistakes, and beat the Steelers. I feel a lot better about this matchup just knowing how well that the Ravens played them last time. Uh, if it weren't for a few... Uh, mistakes that they clearly need to work on and they know that they need to work on it is still going to be a tough game but i will pick the ravens to win this week uh, i'll go 31 28 ravens i like how we all basically set a field goal and but then just kept upping <laughs> exactly upping the game well, total so, so here's so here's my thought right is that like realistically i think it's probably going to be a six point game I, I think like I every time we think it is a field goal game it's like the ravens end up in a situation where they're down four and they need a touchdown or in the cases like go to, they go to overtime and they're like, okay, they're not going to force the field goal, but they're just going to give up a touchdown, right? So it's like I feel like it's going to be a six-point game, but I also have a hard time saying that the Ravens are going to be up six points at the end because like they just they've never done <laughs> like they haven't done that this season. They've only ever given up leads, um, or they've like blown teams out. So um, I don't know. Like I, I feel like the Steelers can put up four touchdowns. That's like a very easy and realistic thing for them to do. I just don't see that the Ravens putting up like forty points right now so that's why that's why i did the three point spread anyway yeah i do worry that my score prediction is a little too low i kind of handicapped the teams because of the short week that was my rationale yeah short week will definitely play into it for both sides and uh i don't know what the weather's going to be like in pittsburgh but yeah it's, as it gets colder generally games will be lower scoring especially two teams that, that want to run the football it's looking like uh am showers with a high of 56 degrees what i'm seeing so yeah not a not a great game for them to play in it's probably going to be about 46 degrees in the nighttime saying light winds that's good to hear uh although maybe maybe heavy winds would be good for this team <laughs> less passing for uh big ben i don't know the Ravens just need to win this game we can't blame anything they need to just come in together 60 minutes that's what we've been looking for 60 minutes of continuous good play and if they do that i think they can win with that, we're going to wrap up Ravens Recap. Please do find a way to enjoy Thanksgiving, and please try to be as safe as possible. Wear a mask, have good distance, keep the ventilation going, and uh, let's all hope that we have a good holiday season and a great win to celebrate. Cheers, guys. Let's hope for the best. <laughs>